You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M, and today we're going to be focusing on the defensive side of the football, who are the greatest players to ever grace the field for Texas A&M during their SEC run. Now, for anyone out there who's sitting and wondering, well, what does that mean? Why was a guy like Datton Wing not on our list? Why was a guy like Ryan Swoop not on the list? Simple. I'm only focusing on players who have been a part of A&M during their success in the SEC. So I'm not going to include guys who were before or even guys who maybe played a season in the SEC. So for those of you wondering... No, Von Miller is not going to be on this list. Daten Wing is not going to be on this list. Even if they are one of the more talented players in the history of the program. The SEC were coming up on nearly a decade inside of a new conference. Let's focus in on those players more than anyone else. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you do to help make this a more quality-sounding podcast, Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12 man-related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. I don't really need to go into much consideration as we start building up this defense. We're going to be running a 4-3 front. I'm also going to include a nickel defender, very similarly to what I did on the offensive side of the ball. The way the defenses are being played nowadays, you no longer have a 3-4 front or a 4-3 front. You have a lot of 4-2-5 systems or a lot of 3-3-5 systems, depending on what you decide to run. The nickel defender is so essential to a team's success moving forward that because of pass-happy leagues, you're going to start seeing that actually become more and more essential for teams to be successful when dividing the pass. And I think really playing the run as well. You need that kind of X-factor player to step up and be that guy. For starters, let's just name off who I think is the best defensive player to ever grace Aggie land outside of maybe Daten Wing and, of course, the one and the only Mr. Von Miller. That, of course, has got to be Miles Garrett. Garrett played for the Aggies for three straight seasons, and he was dominant from the start. He was the number two overall prospect in the nation and the highest defensive player ever signed to Aggieland when he joined the staff in 2014. Garrett broke the Texas A&M's freshman record of 5.5 sacks in only six games. In nine total games, he broke Jadavian Clowney's SEC sack record with eight. He actually finished with a total of 53 total tackles, 14 tackles for losses, 10 quarterback hurries, and 11.5 sacks on the season, second most in the SEC. He also had a block kick that went back in favor with DeShazer Everett for a touchdown against Auburn. His second year was kind of a mixture. He finished 12 total sacks, 57 total tackles, 18.5 sacks. I mean, 18.5 tackles for losses, seven quarterback hurries, five forced fumbles, and a block punt against Alabama. He also recorded his first interception of his career against Ole Miss. He was named a first-team All-American by the Walter Camp Football Foundation and the Football Writers Association of America. I also look at his junior year. Again, he suffered an ankle sprain at the fourth game of the season. He missed some time against South Carolina and New Mexico. 
Finished the year with 8.5 sacks, 15 total tackles for losses, two forced fumbles, and 33 total tackles to bring his grand total to 31 total tackles, 47 career tackles for losses, and 141 tackles, one interception, and seven forced fumbles. He is the highest player to ever be drafted out of AM, taken number one overall in the 2017 NFL draft, and since he has put on a spectacle. For the Cleveland Browns. There is no denying when you look at his production. Although there is that one year. Where he did have of course the incident. The big incident that really cost him. Possibly the 2019 Defensive Player of the Year award. He's been on point. 42.5 career total tackles. 60 tackles for losses. Uh, He has 6 pass deflections. He has 10 forced fumbles. 3 fumble recoveries. 107 total tackles. Uh, by himself, 152 combined tackles. He's also been an all-pro. He's also made it to the postseason. He has a sack in that first game. He is a, I think it's a, is it two or three Pro Bowl? Uh, Two Pro Bowl appearances, and he made first team all-pro in 2020. This is the greatest player to ever grace Aggie land, in my personal opinion, in the SEC, and he's up there as one of the greatest players to ever come through the program in the history. Let's move on to defensive tackle. There's not a lot of big-time names right now. The first one I'll go with is Justin Matabike. Matabike is a standout player for the Baltimore Ravens. He led the team in two straight years with tackles for losses. He led the team in 2019 with 6.5 sacks. He finished his time in Aggieland with 11 total sacks. He also had, I believe, 24.5 tackles for losses and 18 yards in interceptions, five total forced fumbles. He is now a starting defensive end in a 3-4 front in Wink Martindale system for the Baltimore Ravens. He's done a very good job in his rookie year. I want to see where he can develop moving forward, but he definitely is a name that I think has made a big impact in a limited role for his brand new team. He certainly made a big-time impact for the likes of a Defensive tackle number two, this is a tough one. Um, For right now, I would go probably with Kingsley Kiki over Dalen Mack. Now, Mack had a very solid career for a and I mean, when you look at his stat line, he played all four seasons. He started in uh, three of those four seasons. He actually played a pretty significant role in his last year. He had 10 tackles for losses, 5.5 sacks, the most of his career in 2018. But Kiki was more reliable. He had more total tackles. He had more tackles for losses. He had more sacks at 12.5. Uh, he played a bigger role towards the end of the year, and both were drafted the same year. Also, he still is on an NFL roster with the Green Bay Packers, and I think that does factor in a little bit with me. You also look at his total number of tackles for losses. In 2018, was a season-high 11 versus Mack, who was on the same team as Kiki. He only had 10. Uh, So you can really say back and forth these two were pound-for-pound solid players. Matty Bike, I think, is the best of the three. And then you have to kind of decide which one do you want. You have your more-so pass rusher in Matty Bike. You have your more-so run stuffer in Kiki. I think Kiki is a better fit, so I'm going to stick with him over Mac. Though I would say Mac would be definitely my third choice. The surprise pick, my other defensive end. I'm going to go with right now DeMarvin Leal. Leal is so untampered talent that we have no idea what his ceiling could be. This past year, he played a rotational player. I mean, he did play in all 10 games, but he had seven tackles for losses, 2.5 uh, sacks, and one interception 
He also had three pass deflections and a forced fumble. He has 12.5 tackles for losses in two years. And he's been doing that, taking, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he hasn't played more than... I'm almost positive it's less than 50% of snaps every single game. So he's rotating in with guys like Tyree Johnson. He's rotating in with guys like Michael Clemens. He's rotating in the system with a lot of different players, and he still is making a massive impact. I think when you look at next year with recent news coming out, we'll discuss that on tomorrow's podcast, but with recent news coming out of what there's going to be with this team, I very much think that Leal has an opportunity to be the best pass rusher in the SEC next year. He has the ability to be the number one defensive end in the college football realm. And I think he has a shot to be a top five pick if he can develop. He's quick, he has the size, and he can play such a versatile role that if you want to play him as a defensive tackle, go for it. If you want to play him as a defensive end, go for it. He will be a pass rush extraordinaire and will make your team better however you use him. That's just what I've seen from him thus far, and I don't think at any given moment you can find a way to cover this guy. He's just so raw that with another year under his belt in Mike Elko's system, he has a shot, I think, to really take on the all-time sack record for a single season. This also came with guys like Deshaun Hall, guys like Demontre Moore. I consider them... But I think the upside of what Liao can bring in the next two years if he decides to stay is really, really interesting to see. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Now, you know the Built Bar code of the past 12 original flavors, 12 different varieties to give you something of a nutritious treat. Now you have six new flavors, including and not excluding cookies and cream, caramel brownie, cherry bakia, and carrot cake. The bars are actually more like candy bars than they are protein bars because they're covered in 100% real chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. On top of all of that, they are only low sugar, high protein, high fiber, low calorie, and great for someone on the keto diet. Everyone knows this by now. I'm doing a 30-day workout challenge, two-a-days, and every single morning when I wake up, I have a peanut butter protein bar. 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. You're not going to find a product like this anywhere else out on the shelves. And when you go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, you'll get 20% off your next order. That promo code is Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Don Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day off right with the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Let's keep this going. Linebackers. Who is my number one linebacker right now? Again, this is a very tough one because if you look at the Maroon Goons of the 1990s back in the Southwest Conference, that's really where the linebacker talent is. After that, you kind of have to pick and prod and find who were the biggest names since 2012 to enter the program. And I'm going to start off with the biggest one right now. That's Buddy Johnson to me. Buddy Johnson has been a staple the last two years for A&M. And he's been very good against the run. Johnson played 
four years with the Aggies. He started for two. He never had less in a starting role than 75 tackles on the year. He also tallied at least 7.5 tackles for losses each season as a starter. As a rotational player his sophomore year, he had five tackles for losses, one sack, and a forced fumble. He finished his career with 209 total tackles, 23.5 tackles for losses, 5.5 sacks, an interception return for a touchdown, four pass deflections, two forced fumbles, three forced fumbles, and two fumble recoveries. More than any of that, he was a leader on and off the field that made people respect him. He was that Mike linebacker, that general, that guy who requested respect from his teammates and his other personnel. And I do believe when you look at this team, Mike Elko's defense would not have been the same if Buddy Johnson would have opted out this year. Having a veteran presence to work alongside guys like Aaron Hansford and Andre White really didn't make the difference. This was one of the best defenses AM has seen in the history of the sport, and I do believe it's in large part due to what Johnson brings. Next up, Otero Alaka, the guy Johnson replaced. Alaka played five years with the team because if he missed most of the 2015 season with, I believe it was a torn ACL. He was a three-year starter. He tallied at least 65 total tackles when in a starting role and had no less than seven uh, tackles for losses on the season. He also was an incredible blitzer. Uh, he had 5.5 sacks in his uh, junior year. He had four sacks in his senior year. He also had an interception. He has been a special teams player for the likes of the Baltimore Ravens, and he still is, I think, an effective overall style of guy, but he never really has made that jump. He's been a little too slow when it comes to blitzing. He hasn't been effective as a run stopper. But overall, he has been effective for AM. And he has one of the more impressive stat lines when it comes to total tackles and consistency. He played the run very well. He was decent in coverage. He played a lot of stops behind the line of scrimmage. And I do think that that does factor in. You can't deny that a player who can kind of do it all for a defense, especially a defense that was kind of struggling at the time under both Kevin Sumlin and really early on in the Jimbo Fisher era. There's something to be said about that moving into the second half of the season. Let's close it out with linebackers. Uh, this is a tough one. Again, this is really tough because of I look at the plethora of linebackers that I have to choose from, and there's not really a name that sticks out. I hope one of the guys who's up and coming, the Edron Cooper, the uh, Antonio Doyle, the maybe Andre White. I, I mean, that's what I hope happens because if all these guys have three years to really build themselves up as big-time names, so I'm going to go with Tyrell Dotson for right now. Dotson only played in three years. He was a full-time starter for two of them. Uh, he had 104 total tackles in his sophomore year of 2017. In 2018, he had 70 total tackles. He did not have a lot of sacks. He only had half a sack his senior year. But he did have seven total tackles behind the line of scrimmage in 2018. Uh, he also had 10 total tackles for losses in 2017. Finished with 18.5 tackles for losses, six total sacks, 202 total tackles, two interceptions, two fumble recoveries, and 11 pass deflections. The way I would build this defense is I would have my Sam Backer be uh, Otero Alaka. He would bring that rushing style, that blitzing package kind of deal. That's what I would have. As my Mike Backer, I would use uh, Buddy Johnson. And as my... Let's see. As my, yeah, Will Backer, the guy I'd play in coverage, the guy I would play kind of a little bit of everything. He would be my aloof guy. I'd play him in 4-3 sets only would be Tyrell Dotson. Dotson is on the Buffalo Bills. 
He's been a mix up and down from the practice squad to the active roster. I think if he would have stayed last season to be paired with Buddy Johnson, this defense would have been a lot better. I think a lacquer was always going to go. He had to go, actually. But Dodson could have stayed, I think, made an impact. So front seven, I would have at one defensive end, Miles Garrett. The other defensive end, DeMarvin Leal. I would have Kingsley Kiki and Justin Matibike up the middle. I would have my Mike be Buddy Johnson, my Sam be Otero Laka, and my Will be um, Tyrell Dotson for right now. I think with that linebacker spot, that Will backer spot, Andre White Jr. would be a name to watch moving forward. I think, again, uh, Antonio Doyle would be another name. And maybe I'd be able to move Alaka to a different position on the on the all-time squad for one of these two to kind of pick up. Move Buddy Johnson to the sandbacker role and let one of these other guys play the mic. All that would be down the line. For right now, that'd be my starting front seven. College football and the NFL might be winding down, but college basketball and the NBA season odds are right around the corner. And that means betting is going to be at an all-time high. The one place we know and the one place we trust is betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the online sportsbooks experts to give you highlight information, the best lines, and the best bets for the top dollar payouts this upcoming offseason. Subscribe to them on social media at BetOnline underscore .ag to get the best bets, the highlight information, and key moments for you to be able to earn some extra cash this upcoming year. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. 2020 has mercifully come to an end. And that means 2021 is a new year for you to start your day off right with some extra cash in your pocket. The best way to do so is listen to the brand new Locked on Bet show with your boy Q and Paramount Sports betting expert Lee Sterling. The two provide online expert information on the best bets, the best lines, and the best numbers to help you win some extra cash while covering the NBA and college basketball. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Let's move right along into our cornerback and safety group. Now, again, I said I was going to mention a nickel corner. Let's break this down. For one of my cornerbacks, wherever I play him, I don't know just yet, but I would include Miles Jones. Jones has been a three-year starter for the Aggies, and he's actually been pretty consistent in coverage, even though he hasn't been an all-breakout star, if that makes any sense. When you look at his numbers all-time, he only has six tackles for losses. He has four interceptions. Two came last year. One came this year. But you have to give him credit. He's played every single year. He's at least made 30 tackles on the season. And he's also been very consistent in coverage, breaking up at least five passes on the year when healthy. The question is, could his skill set transfer over to the NFL level? I'm not sure on that just yet, but a six foot four, four cornerback is very hard to come by, and a guy that size should not be as mobile as he is. He does a great job deciphering plays in coverage, so I have to give him a lot of credit there. I think that he is a perfect fit for a Jimbo Fisher-led defense, and I do think on the outside he would be a name to watch for. Next up, I'm going to go with my nickel defender, and I'm going to go with Justin Evans. Now, Evans only played two years at AM, but they were promising two years. He got drafted 50th overall by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he finished with 165 total tackles, five tackles for losses, four interceptions in his final year with the team as a full-time starter. Uh, he played in a total of 25 games. He had 99 solo tackles, 11 pass deflections, and he also had a forced fumble. He never had a sack, 
but he did play the run. And you got to give a lot of credit to a guy like that. Evans has been a very big disappointment in the NFL level, but he has been very consistent for the Aggies. And I do think when you put him in a nickel formation, he can play the run, he can play coverage. You need those guys who can cover tight ends. That's what Evans, I think, is better suited as. And as a free safety, it makes a lot of sense. Again, his NFL career has not gone the way he expected, but for college, it's actually pretty good numbers. So correction, I'm going to play Evans as my free safety because if I just realized this guy was a cornerback in college and then made the jump to safety at the NFL level, I'm still going to stick with a guy that I very much think has the potential to be very talented, and that is the Chaser Everett. Everett has been a special teams gunner for the likes of Washington since joining the staff, but he also has been one of the better special teamers on their staff. In three years in the SEC, because he did play for three years, he only had one year in the Big 12, which is why I include him over a guy like Ryan Swoop, over a guy like um, like a, a Von Miller, guys who haven't played that long in the SEC. He was there for a majority of it, and he did a very good job helping the team transition. He played the run. He had 7.5 total tackles for losses. He also had 73 tackles as a starting cornerback in two years. He had uh, five total interceptions. He also had one sack, 13 pass deflections, and one fumble recovery. He's been a name that has been kind of mixed. Again, never really broke out as a superstar, but he was a talented enough player to function and still earn a roster spot in the NFL. He still is on Washington's team. And this past year for Washington, he actually didn't do that bad of a job. He started in nine games when Troy Akpe went out as the starting free safety. And I believe he made uh, 27 total tackles and six pass deflections. He also, again, he is signed through the team through another two more years because he's that well-liked. He has earned multiple contract extensions. And he's not limited to only playing safety. But he also does a good job roaming. So I could really switch up whatever I really want. If I think a better matchup is Everett in coverage over Evans, I may play him at the free safety role. If I think that there's a better matchup for him at strong safety, I may play him there. If I think there's a better matchup for him as the nickel defender, I may play him there because the tight ends are so essential to a young quarterback's success. I think that Everett did a very good job in college, and I definitely would keep him on my all-team roster. At free safety, there's no denying that I would go with this guy, and it's Donovan Wilson. Wilson was a name that had so much potential early on and slowly started to fizzle out. He's still with the Dallas Cowboys right now as a special teamer. He is a free safety, you know, third stringer. But you look at his numbers, he had an incredible sophomore season. Five interceptions, he had uh, one touchdown, three pass deflections, two force, three force fumbles, a f- two fumble recoveries, and he kind of fell off the earth after that. You know, he had two sacks in his junior and his senior year, five tackles for losses in both of his junior and senior season. He only had 76, uh, 67 total tackles in his final year. And he never really broke out after that. That sophomore season just was so incredible for him. Led the team in interceptions. Finished with eight total interceptions. But again, five came in one year. And he finished with 199 total tackles. Still, you have this guy... He can make a name for himself as a return man. He can make a name for himself as a special teamer. He can make a name for himself as a free safety. There's no denying that that one season was very special, and I would definitely put him on my starting roster. 
And right now, my other cornerback really isn't a good enough guy, so I'm just going to go throw a wild card out there and go Jalen Jones. Listen, Jones was the highest-graded defensive back that has ever come through A&M at this point. And he had a pretty decent season for his first year in the SEC. He has three more years to really develop himself into one of the next big names. This is exactly a type of cornerback that Jimbo Fisher needs for his roster. This is a guy who definitely stands out in film because of his size and physicality as a safety, has allowed him to be effective as both a run stopper and in coverage. What he did at Cibola Steel was fascinating, and I want to see if he can translate over to the college level, because of everything you see about him is wow factor on paper. And he definitely has all the skills needed to be a top-tier cornerback in the SEC. I think between him and Josh Joby... It's going to be really interesting to see which one of these guys breaks out as the next big-time star. So there you have it. That's my all-SEC defense for Texas A&M. We got DeMarvin Leal and Miles Garrett as my two defensive ends. Uh, we have Justin Adebike and King Zakiki up the middle. You have Bob, uh, Buddy Johnson, Otero Laka, and Tyrell Dotson for a 4-3 front. With the nickel defender, I would play Justin Evans there. Donovan Wilson would play my free safety. Does Shazer ever would play my strong safety? I would have Miles Jones and Jalen Jones as my two cornerbacks. That's good for the decision of Locked On Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. Tomorrow's show, the best, the worst, and the surprise game for the 2021 Texas A&M schedule has officially been released. Plus, two more names are officially coming back to Aggie Lane for the 2021 season. We'll discuss all that and much more. See you then. And remember, big up, y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.